Good morning. So I was nine years old, moving to a brand new country. And I still, I still remember my first day landing in Toronto. My uncle came to pick us up. And the first thing he did was to drive us to a place called Pizza Pizza. And I was like, what is this thing? I've never had a pizza in my life. And I remember trying it and not liking it at all. It, it just tasted off. The cheese didn't taste like the cheese from home. And the meat didn't taste like any kind of meat I've ever had in Korea. And it still doesn't really, pepperoni, it really still doesn't compare to some good Korean barbecue. And the food did not taste like the food from home, and I knew right away that I was not in Korea anymore. I wasn't home. So what is home? Home is a place we know, but it's more than just where you live. It's, it's a place where you are anchored, where you are settled, where you are centered where you can just be yourself. You don't need to perform. You don't need to be someone you're not. It's where you can put down your guard and put up your feet and just be yourself. I was, just try- I was thinking about what, what is that essence of being home? And I think the greatest test of whether or not you are home is whether or not you can fart. That's home, a place where you can just fart as much as you like and you just don't care because you're so comfortable of just being yourself. And so we're in this new series for the next three weeks called We're Not in Kansas Anymore. We are all aware that the world we live in right now is not what we would call home. Yes, for many of us, we're still in our physical homes and, and we haven't moved anywhere. But we are all keenly aware that with this COVID-19, that we're not where we used to be. We're not in Kansas anymore because what we've known to be home has been replaced with uncertainty and the unknown. It is in this season of this longing to go back home that we wanted to start with defining where our home is. Walter Brueggemann, who is a uh, Old Testament scholar, categorizes the book of Psalms into three categorizes, categories, <laughs> categories of Psalms. So the Psalms of orientation, disorientation, and new orientation. Or to put it another way, being in Kansas, being in Oz, and then going back to Kansas, or maybe new Kansas. Uh, another uh, way that I like seeing it is, is being home, being homeless, and then homecoming. And I'm sure the Israelites didn't feel like they could just do whatever they wanted, that they could fart whenever they wanted. Okay, no more, no more fart jokes, I promise. But really, the people of Israel were slaves. Any slave, uh, and slaves, though may have a place to live and a, and a place to rest, They can't do what they want. They are enslaved and therefore not really home. They're not at a place where they want to be. So in our passage today, which, um, uh, yeah, in our passage today, God calls Israel out of this place of homelessness to a place of home, to a place of home that is rooted in who God is and who God calls his people to be. So let's listen to what God says to Moses, he says, 
This is what he says. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. God reveals to Moses his plans to free his people, the people of Israel, from the oppression of the Egyptians. God reveals to Moses his name. He says, I am the Lord, and explains to him that through his mighty acts of freeing and redeeming the people of Israel, he will show them who he is. The name of God that is revealed to Moses first at the burning bush, here again is the name Yahweh. This name, which means I am who I am, or I will be who I will be, is the continued revelation of God to the people of Israel that started with Abraham. He was referred to or known to their forefathers as Elohim, will now be revealed to reveal himself to Moses and the people of Israel as Yahweh. See, though Elohim was used to refer to God of Abraham, it was also a common name used for God. Just as we would say God, and God could mean our God, it could be the God of um, um, Muslims or, or just God of money, that word God is just a gen- generic term for God. But here God says, I will reveal a specific name to you, and it is Yahweh. And this is what his name will mean. It will be, his name will mean God who rescues, who who redeems and frees his people from slavery. And speaking of Abraham, do you remember what God did when he called Abraham? He calls Abraham, or Abram, in this case, out of his home to make him into a new nation, a nation through whom all nations will be blessed. And this story of Moses is a continuation of that promise that God had made with Abraham to give him a new home. And in our passage today, God refers to his name as Yahweh, and it's mentioned four times in these few verses. God himself wants to make sure that the people of Israel know him by name. His name is Yahweh, and that is who he is. The great I am, the one and only I am, the one who is above all things, before all things, the great I am. The one who was when there was none, the one who is and ever shall be, Yahweh, the Lord. This is the one who is calling the people of Israel out of Egypt. He is calling them out of the yoke of slavery of the Egyptians to a new yoke, a new master, a new God, a new allegiance to the great I am. So the story of Exodus really is a story of finding home. It is God revealing who he is to his people so that his people can now have their identity in who God is. This is why Yahweh says in verse 7, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the under of the yoke of the Egyptians. The people of Israel whose their national identity would have been slaves of Egyptians are going to be freed from such a yoke and will now be under the yoke, um, which means the rule of Yahweh, who frees, who redeems, who delivers. 
Now they will be people who are free and who follow Yahweh. This is what it means to be home, to be free to be who God made us to be. And it is in relationship with this God called Yahweh, who says, I am who I am, that we are also who we are. Because of who he is, we are able to be who we are. There is no place like home. And this is what Dorothy says in the movie Wizard of Oz. In the movie, Dorothy lives in, the, in a farm in, in the Kansas prairies where her uncle Henry and uh, Aunt Em, uh, they live together. And in the book, the Kansas prairie is described as a great gray prairie. Everything is flat, dull, and gray, and sun-scorched. A place you do not want to be. That's why in the movie, when Dorothy's in Kansas, it's in black and white. And then when she's in Oz, everything is in color. And yet when Dorothy is lost in this place, a place that is magical, full of color, she wants to go back home. She says, no matter how dreary and gray our homes are, we people of flesh and blood would rather live there than in any other country. Be it ever so beautiful, there is no place like home. There is no place like home because home is where we are rooted, where we are grounded, where we belong. Home is where we can be ourselves to the point of just being ourselves. The people of Israel were called out by God and freed from the oppression of the Egyptians and made into this new nation, a new people group who found their home in God. This was done by God named Yahweh, whose name explains the very being of who he is. And let's just go back to the name Yahweh here, because the story of God taking the people of Israel and redeeming them and setting them free is the foreshadowing of the story of Jesus. By the time of Jesus, the, the Jews have stopped saying the name of Yahweh because they thought the name was too holy. So they didn't even want to utter his name and, and, and actually say a different name. And so we've actually forgotten or we don't actually know the right pronunciation of the name Yahweh. It was so sacred for them. So then they replace saying the name Yahweh with uh, a word uh, is, that is Adonai. And Adonai means, uh, in Hebrew, means Lord. And by the time of Jesus, there were many Greek-speaking Jews as well, and they would use the word kurios as the Greek equivalent for the Hebrew word, the Lord. So why does this matter? The earliest confession of faith that the early, ch early church had was Jesus is Lord. That's it. Paul himself referred to Jesus many times as Lord. Now, in Greek, Lord, just like in English, can be applied to masters and other people of authority. But for Paul, his reference to Jesus as Lord, as, as a Greek-speaking Greek Jew, would have been with the understanding that Jesus is, the, is Lord in, in Hebrew, which is Adonai, which really just means Jesus is Yahweh the great I am, the one who frees and redeems. And this is what we believe about Jesus, that he is the redeemer of all people. Our yoke and slavery is not to a nation or to a way of life. 
but that we are to be yoked to Jesus, to be aligned with him as our redeemer. He is the one that frees us from our yoke of sin, to our unhealthy attachments, to our propensity to love ourselves and and seek our own desires, to our brokenness. This is why when Jesus says in John chapter 8, that before Abraham, I am, the Pharisees took a, they took a hissy fit and wanted to stone him because Jesus was equating himself with Yahweh. When I was in high school, I didn't have a home. And as I mentioned before, I moved out when I was 17. And, and that experience really taught me that home is not a building. I remember even one year, I moved five times in just one year. And, and it wasn't because I didn't have a place to live that I didn't feel like I was at home. It's because of the people that I was with or maybe not with. I learned quickly that home is about a place of belonging, a place where you have intimacy, a place where someone knows you and you know them. And it was, it was being in relationship with those who I trusted, who I can rely on, those who knew me by name, I knew them by name. They helped me, they shaped me and helped me and formed me in ways uh, to make me rooted and to feel belonged. They're the ones that pointed me in many ways to the one who could really give me rest, the person who will give me home. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Then you will know that I am your God. Why does God want us to know him? That's simple. It's because he loves us and because he wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants to call us his people. He wants to find our home in him. Listen to what John says about Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 14. And this is from the message translation. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word here John is referring to is Jesus who became human so that he may reside with us. He moved into our neighborhood. The word here is about pitching a tent or dwelling or building a tabernacle, a place where someone finds home. Not only are we created to be in home in God, God himself in the Lord Jesus made his home in us. In the, in the Lord Jesus, in Jesus the Yahweh, we have been freed from sin, redeemed from slavery to any, and to any other allegiances that enslaves us and gives us a new identity as his beloved children. He not only calls us to make our home in him, he has made his home in us. And for someone who's moved from a, a, a his home country to a new country and at a very early age and have moved many times all throughout uh, my life. I know that home is more than just a place. Yes, we all need a place to live, but our home is found in relationship. It's found in our relationship with Jesus, the Lord, who has and wants to free us and give us a yoke that is light and easy. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. Come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you feel at home with Jesus? Or do you feel as though you still have to perform for him, to put on a show for him? Jesus does not require you to be perfect, to be someone you're not. In fact, when you accept his invitation, when we are under his yoke, we become more of who we are. We become our true selves. You can come to Jesus just as you are and receive his love. You can come and put up your feet and just be yourself with him. In the movie Wizard of Oz, closer to the end of the movie, Dorothy misses her chance to go home when the hot air balloon that was to take her home leaves without her. And Galinda, the good witch, shows up and tells Dorothy that she always had the power of going home. Just as Dorothy helped her friends find what they were looking for within without because they didn't what they believed that they didn't have but they actually did so dorothy can find their her home within herself so listen to let's listen to the dialogue of what happens please is there a way for me to get back home well dorothy you were wise and good enough to help your friends to come here and find what was inside them all the time that's true for you also Home? Inside of me? I don't understand. Home is a place we all must find, child. It's not just a place where you eat or sleep. Home is knowing. Knowing your mind, knowing your heart, knowing your courage. If we know ourselves, we're always home, anywhere. If we know ourselves, we're always home, anywhere. In Christ, we are able to meet the great I am who speaks from within and above that we are his beloved. Just as Yahweh called the people of Israel out and gave them a new identity, we can know our true selves as we listen to the voice of Jesus who calls us his beloved children. Henry Henry Nouwen writes that the real work of prayer is to become silent and listen to the voice of Yahweh that says good things about us. It's the same voice that spoke to Abram, to Moses, to Mary, to Jesus, and to us. This loving God known in Jesus continues to invite us and calls us home. So I want to give us uh, an opportunity to hear the invitation of Jesus again because it is his invitation that gives us life to freedom, a life of redemption, a life of rest and finding home in him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So why does this matter for us in this time of COVID-19? We need to be reminded and live in the reality that though things are not as they should be, we have our home in Christ and He in us. Even in the midst of the unknown, the feelings of disorientation, which Greg will speak about next week, we are able to praise and put our trust in the one who calls us his own. Let's pray. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gate of glory May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us. So we and all your children shall be free. And the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord, our Yahweh. Amen.